welcome to the Scottish podcast by Scottish people about Scottish things. We're three lifelong friends and displaced Scotsmen who get together to talk about our homeland, the weird stuff that happens there, and to remind us why we are the way we are. Welcome to This'll Do Nicely. Hello everybody and welcome to today's story with Rory. I am Rory and I am again joined by my two Glasgow born and raised friends, Christopher and Jonathan. How are you doing, all boys? Alright, mate, how's it going? You good? Aye, brilliant. That's brilliant, man. I love Glasgow. <laughs> who was who was the guy that called us posh pricks? The guy from Australia. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was Australia guy. I think he was I think he was from East Kilbride and yeah. the, and his his missus was from Ireland like Fair. County Omar or something in yeah. Ireland. Well, that's yeah, that's makes, just makes sense. Makes we're sense. so we are we're all we've got born lovely Southside accents. Yes, exactly. So we're all born and raised in Glasgow, and Glasgow has uh, famously a very very strong accent, um, uh, and a lot of people famously don't understand, don't know how to, don't, don't know what Glaswegian people are saying. But the where and how we were raised. Um, basically resulted one in us little, having one little story on that when i was at art school in glasgow there was quite a big contingent of people who'd come up from london like a lot had studied in kingston and moved up and one of my very good friends hannah and i i'll never forget like almost first week or something we were in the kind of cafeteria bit the ref of the art school and this guy sort of you could order like a roll and sausage and the guy was like linked on square as if you want like a linked sausage or a square sausage. I, I'll never forget Hannah just looking at me like terrified with fear of being like, I don't, I don't know what this person's asking me. Like, can you translate? Yeah. Can you basically translate? Linked or square. It's like, uh, yes. It's Because um, it sounds like one word. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Linked yeah. or square. Oh, well, I think that's the main problem is that we talk very, very fast. And I think, you know, the three of us have lived in, America for almost 10 years we were basically I mean my my mom as much as she she spent the majority of her life in Glasgow and so lives in Glasgow uh, did not like me having a Glaswegian accent I think it was because <laughs> she was from Dundee she wanted me to have more of an East Coast accent. And your mother accent. is in the, the theater as well. She so is also exactly. Pronunciation. That yeah. is very very true. Um and my mother was an educational psychologist and uh, beat any semblance of uh, yes. Glaswegian accent out of me as well. Uh, I do remember when I when my partner first met my brother and I, and she like Jane's from Louisiana, has lived in New York for a long time, and it was got used to my accent and could understand what I was saying. But the moment I was hanging out with my brother and talking to him, uh, she was like, I just, I have no idea what the two of you are saying to each other. It's so fast and so Glaswegian. And it, I, I'm not, I do not have a strong Glaswegian accent. It's when I talk to my family when I'm back home, it probably gets a little bit worse than it is now. But um, yeah, she was like, it's, it was unintelligible what you were saying to each other. And I think a lot of it's to do with the speed. Yeah. I always thought it was yeah. funny when, you know, you'd go home over, you know, Christmas and New Year or something, come back to the States. And I'd come <laughs> back here and everyone would be like, what What happened to you? <laughs> it's like, it hasn't My changed God, that much. A stroke. Yeah. <laughs> All your words well, have become one long word. I think, so So as as you might have guessed, we're in part two of our deep dive into Glasgow, uh, our hometown. Um, and I think I left you off last 
week saying that we were going to dive into the people of Glasgow, the accents and the potentially the slang as well. So, Chris, what do you got for us? Yeah. Uh, so if you guys remember when we were doing the Edinburgh episode, I sort of had a bit of a panicked moment about trying to explain the different parts of the Edinburgh accent. <laughs> uh, so this time I decided to keep it a bit simpler and I found a really good article from the Scotsman um, from a few years back and it quotes professor of phonetics at the University of Glasgow called Jane Stewart Smith and she's apparently been studying the dialect the Glaswegian dialect since moving to the city from Oxford in 1997 and she's got some <laughs> terrific I mean I, I just it's just her trying you. to understand how what people are saying <laughs> I'm so sorry please could you repeat that <laughs> um, so she has some good quotes in this article which I think sum it up quite well where she says the interesting thing about the Glaswegian accent is it's a bit like a treasure trove. It has quite a lot of exotic things going on within it, has some very interesting sound changes, and as an accent, it is quite conservative. Accents generally are changing, but Glaswegian is changing in its own way. It clearly has a lot to do with the city and its identity. So she says that there's evidence of it changing a little bit through watching television, mm. but at the same time, she says that there's something about Glasgow, not just in terms of accent, that it takes in aspects that work for it and then rejects others. It develops into this eclectic mix of things. And she uses this great example of, um, she says, while the accent has changed over time, there is evidence of its consistency, including the use of the glottal stop where a T is dropped. Uh, she <laughs> says, a visitor, in, a visitor to Glasgow in 1892 observed, strangers hurl at us a sort of shibboleth, such sentences as, Pass the water bottle, Mr. Patterson. <laughs> <laughs> so she kind of, I think, uh, unless I'm mistaken from uh, her conclusion, but she kind of says accent is very distinctive. It takes in, you know, the fact that Glasgow was a major port. Um, there were several major periods of immigration to the city. So the Irish one is well known, but there's mm. also large numbers from Eastern Europe and Italy. So Glasgow is basically Scotland's melting pot, as she puts it. Um, so, so it's kind of cosmopolitan then. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> That's exactly what she's saying. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, ultimately, she says that although there's like somebody from a hundred years ago would have noticed a change, she thinks at the same time that she would it would still be recognised as Glaswegian. Uh, and I'm going to try and play you a recording from I think this is back in the early 1900s. Oh, that's quite cool. If just bear with me, and I'll share with you on the the old uh, the old screen. Hold on. The phrase that I get asked to say a lot here is uh, "purple burglar alarm." <laughs> um, apparently, that's very okay. Scottish, if not Glaswegian. Interesting. Okay, so I'll play you a snippet of this. There was a man we had lost on the youngest of them dead days, Peter. Give me that purse of your kids that belongs to me. So the father gave him his share. No money days afterwards. The young man gathered all his belongings together and went away into a poor country. There he wasted all that he had. When he had spent all things, a great famine came over the country and he began to be in one. Yeah, this has the kind of I would I because it's old timey. You said it was like turn of the century, right? Yeah, I can tell you here actually. It's um from uh the speaker is william bryce who was born in 1891 
And uh, he recorded this uh, when he was aged uh, 25. Um, he's from Glasgow, uh, can... lived in Glasgow until the war. And um, yeah, it was a recording originally done in 1916. I mean, it does sound wow. very Glaswegian. Like the things like Feather, you know, there's a lot in there that you would, I think yeah. you could have guessed that from hearing that. Right? But it's also got... Well, exactly. I mean, that might sound like uh, complete gibberish and nonsense to our American uh, readers and probably some of our English ones as well. But we we can understand that like that sounds distinctly similar to what we would know as kind of uh, albeit a rough glaswegian accent but none but it's a distinct glaswegian accent yeah it's definitely old timey it's got it sounded more east coast to me at times but i think that's just because i think east coast is kind of old timey they're about 100 years behind us (laughs) right i'm talking like sunday and stuff like that (laughs) yeah yeah um, I'm sure he probably was affected by the war as well and his uh, the First World War um, going away and, and mixing with other people. But I think the point being that the accent, although it's distinct and, has, and very cosmopolitan, as you would say, Rory, <laughs> um, it's kind of stayed the same. Um, and that's, I, 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 that's probably a testament to Glasgow's stubbornness and not yeah. wanting to, you know, like having and not be thinking that they're better. They, they don't. They don't think they're better than anyone no. else. But just kind of like you know, we are what we'll we are. Our way, mate. We'll do it yeah. our way. We'll either <laughs> like it or you're fuck off. Yeah. So, um, but are you guys ready for a quiz? Yeah. Yes. Fuck yes. Yeah. All right. So, if uh, you we we discussed the language and then Glasgow in particular has uh, a lot of uh, great slang words and if you guys want to. Um, recommendation to folks at home go and watch um, Chewing the Fat and Still Game uh, two great Mm -hmm. comedy shows which we've mentioned before I think you can find them on Netflix you can definitely find Still Game on Netflix over in the US Uh, you probably have to watch it with subtitles to be honest but um, (laughs) lots of great slang in here so found some good ones guys I'll give you a little uh, bit here beforehand. The, the preamble is, like the Scouse accent, which is Liverpool, um, Glaswegian evolved into its own unique thing because of its location. Glasgow is a port city in uh, the western lowlands of Scotland, as Rory mentioned, near the River Clyde. Like Liverpool, Glasgow traded heavily with Ireland. Many Irish people came to Glasgow for work. They spoke English and Irish Gaelic. However, unlike Liverpudlian, Glaswegian is strongly influenced by Scottish language and accents. Scottish Gaelic, different dialects of Scots and English have all contributed to Glaswegian as we know it today. So because of all these influences, Glaswegian sounds different from other Scots dialects. So I've got a few Scot- um, words here, guys, and let me know if you know the answer. So if I was to say that you were scunnered, what does that mean? <laughs> um, kind of like uh, you, you're, you're kind of screwed up, you're messed up, um, you're kind of shit out of luck. Mm, Johnny, yeah, I think that's quite a good way of putting. Like, oh, oh, you're scunnered. Like, yeah, you, you. It's hard. It's funny. Like, I guess a lot, we use a lot of these words. Yeah, it's not a way of describing it. Um, well, that's not the answer I've got. Yeah, you're out of luck. You're out of luck. Is, is you're you're tired or exhausted? I don't agree. Interesting. With that. I wouldn't agree with that. Okay. Uh, what? <laughs> okay. Uh, what would I? Uh, what would you be if you were a dafty or a walloper? Absolutely, well, mean, <laughs> yeah. You're just like a moron. You're an idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it. <laughs> what would <laughs> you? What is what? What is a stutter? 
Johnny, you want to take this one? Stoter is like something that's brilliant. Like that's an absolute stoter. It's yeah. like the best yeah. of its yeah. kind. It would usually be described if it was a really good goal yeah. in football absolute or something stoter. like that. Stoter. <laughs> uh, all right. What would I? This is an easy one. What? What is? What's a? What's a ginger? <laughs> so I. I, I mean, one. I want to do an episode on them in in their entirety. Uh, I also a bottle of ginger, or just a ginger. Yeah, bottle of ginger, bottle of ginger. I mean, a bottle of ginger is an iron brew. That's different. Um, or yeah. uh, for a lot of people, it's just like any fizzy drink as well. But a ginger yeah. is yeah, somebody is. with red hair. Yeah, it, I mean, it is iron brew, but a lot, but a lot of people do call it a fizzy yeah. drink. He's um, a kind of ginger. What, what about a piece? A piece is a is a sandwich. You can't fling pieces at a twenty story flat. Yeah, seven hundred hungry uh, wings will testify to that. Uh, what if you are having a square go? <laughs> oh, square go! There's a famous song about, all about this, Johnny, isn't there? Go square go. It it's, basically uh, means uh, sort of revving up to have a fight. Effectively, it's the sort of yeah the the posturing right before you clash. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a, <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I think I think that's. It. Yeah, I mean that's like something that should be in the British Library, Johnny. The way that Thank you just you. Uh, said that, articulated that. <laughs> Go, one uh, Okay, because we're very cultured, uh, us Glaswegians. Yeah, I mean, I, this is my favourite one because there's so many different ones here, and it just, it, of course, there are. If you're steaming, reeking, <laughs> mad way, oot my nut. I mean sauce. that you're you're inebriated to a certain degree. Absolutely, yeah. steaming, man. Uh, what about Hodger Wished? <laughs> I love that oh, phrase. Just means Basically, to shut mm-hmm. Okay, I'll give you. T- I'll give you a couple more. These are. You also great. notice a glottal um, stop from both of us there as well. <laughs> yeah. What is what is your coupon? <laughs> Punched you right in the coupon. Um, it's yeah. it's your face, right? It's. Yep, it's your yeah. face. Yep. Uh, and what if you're a roaster? <laughs> a roaster? I don't know if I know yeah. that one. I don't know if I would know. Roaster, that. Or roaster. A rocket. That guy's a that guy's a Absolute roaster. That guy's rocket. a rocket. <laughs> oh, rocket! I know. Rocket's just <laughs> hey, rocket, similar to like Dafty's, like just a bampot, uh, yeah. an idiot, Somebody's another annoying. like, and yeah, like but rambunctious idiot. Yeah, guy's an absolute uh, rocket. And yeah. What does it mean if uh, you're <laughs> greeting? Sorry? <laughs> greeting. Oh, greeting. greeting. Uh, you're crying. Johnny? Yeah. Crying. Yeah. Yeah. No, you guys are you guys are well-versed in Glaswegian slang. Congratulations. There's, and I know I've mentioned this about 27 times throughout these couple of episodes already, but um, I do think we need to do... Uh, an episode on the Scots language because it is when you you go through that sort of thing you realize that we have so many unique words in our country that it's like well maybe it is another language like maybe it is something <laughs> different than English yeah Do you, think you can yeah. make a sentence yeah. using all those words Chris oh, I'd be greeting from my cupping <laughs> <laughs> as I was that- sucking from my can of ginger. <laughs> Uh, it would turn me into an absolute roaster. <laughs> Not bad. That's quite good. Yeah. Not bad. I'll be, that was another one I didn't say. Wait, I'll be boking. Boke. 
<laughs> Balkan. Like, gives me the book. Gears, gear the yeah. book. Is brilliant. That that means um, to to vomit or make one one sick. An ablution. An ablution. <laughs> um, yeah. An oral ablution. Uh, that is amazing. Thank you for that. Chris, so I, I think one of the things that you were, and I, I don't know if you've you've prepped for this, but one of the things you were going to tell us was the the people that would talk like that, the people from Glasgow. <laughs> Great to say these Rory. sort of words. I, I got to say, guys, um, after again doing the research for famous Edinburghers uh, compared to famous Glaswegians, Glasgow absolutely runs rings around yes. Edinburgh. Yeah. Of course we, we have do. so many more famous people. Of course we do. And again, I think that goes back to your you guys uh, bigging up the people. I just think that the people there they're they're if they're not friendly, they're at the very least gregarious and outgoing yes. and uh, certainly will tell you so Smarter, um, better looking our <laughs> most famous Glaswegian is is uh, <laughs> Nelson Mandela. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Not again. No, wait. Chris. Oh, oh no. I'm sorry. Chris. Sorry. Sorry. I've got the wrong tab. Not there. again. I've got the it's wrong not, tab. It's not people that visited Glasgow once <laughs> no. in their life. He, vi- he, visited, he visited Glasgow. Oh, uh, wow. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> no. Uh, well, listen, there's a lot of guys in. I, I've, I've got a list here that's almost uh, endless, but I'll, I'll rattle through a whole bunch of them. Um, the aforementioned previous episode, Charles Rennie McIntosh, uh, Biggie. Uh, Grant Morrison, the uh, yeah. comic uh, fellow, um, laying claim to ACDC uh, again. <laughs> yeah. uh, Angus Malcolm, Stevie Young from ACDC, mm-hmm. uh, Billy Boyd, uh, Lord of the Rings actor, um, Peter Capaldi, Robert Carlyle from Train Spotting, Robbie Coltrane, Hagrid from uh, HP, uh, from Harry Potter, uh, Billy Conley. Uh, Henry Ian Cusick, who people may remember from Lost. He was Desmond in Lost. Oh, yeah. Uh, Gre- Gregor Fisher, who we may do an episode on at one point for Rabsi Nesbitt, but he was also yeah. the tubby manager in uh, Love Actually. I remember him well. <laughs> um, yeah. Kelly McDonald, uh, who most recently appeared in Line of Duty as a yeah. bent capper. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> James McElvoy. Uh, <laughs> David Tennant, um, <laughs> Ian Brady, one of the Moors murderers. Yep. So we've got one of Britain's most famous serial killers on our thing there. I was um, born in Alan the same P- hospital, so... Well, there you go. Um, Alan Pinkerton, who I think we may do an episode on later. Definitely. He created a detective agency in the US. Yeah. Um, Edward William Pritchard, who is the last person to be publicly executed in Glasgow in 1865. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys alluded to music, the music scene earlier. Some of the bands here are just incredible. I'm, I don't know necessarily if all the people in the bands are from Glasgow, but these bands are kind of credited with forming in Glasgow. Um, Bell and Sebastian, uh, Deacon Blue, Delamitri, Franz Ferdinand, Mogwai, Primal Scream, Simple Minds, Teenage Fan Club, Travis, Wet Wet Wet, uh, mu- other musicians, Mark Knopfler, Louis Capaldi, Amy McDonald, Lulu, Jerry Rafferty, mm-hmm. uh, politicians, Former Prime Minister Gordon Brown, uh, former Scottish ministers Donald Dewar and the current one, Nicholas Sturgeon. Um, famous sportsmen, Kenny Dalglish, Alex Ferguson, Mo Johnson, Jimmy Johnson, James McFadden, Jock Steen, Colin Montgomery, Gordon Bullock, Johnny Beatty, Johnny Gray, Richie Gray, <laughs> uh, the professional wrestler Nikki Cross, uh, who's in the WWE right yeah. now, and Didn't she the just best win? one of all... She briefly won the women's title, yeah. yeah. Um, and then the best one of all, Scrooge McDuck. 
<laughs> I well, I know you texted us to us, but I had no idea Scrooge McDuck was from Glasgow. I knew Yeah, it's a bit, it's a really tenuous link. There was a BBC article I found where like Glasgow City Council included Scrooge McDuck on a list of Glasgow's great and good um <laughs> so, and, and it says here it says here research found that the cantankerous multi-millionaire duck began as a shoeshine boy in the city before leaving for the u.s to make his fortune <laughs> i just well, like i don't we know he I was mean, scottish think... but they definitely were just like shotgun we're gonna do this we're before anybody him. else we're, having him. we're gonna this, have him before edinburgh does the bbc article is is lacking definitely a comment from disney uh, corporation <laughs> it's like Asking for a cease and desist on that one. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's not to mention all the inventors and uh, philosophers and God, what have you. I mean, James Watt is another one, but yeah. certainly John, John I Lee Baird, I think, contemporary Glasgow one there. Well. Um, yeah, I mean, that's I, I just it's it's exhaustive. It's an exhaustive list. Yeah, we were pretty impressive people. <laughs> it's it's like I said at the end of uh, last episode. People make Glasgow. That is one of our many, 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 many slogans that we seem to have had over the years for whatever reason. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, 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 it's. I do think that's it. That's what people say. And and I, if people go back to one of our news episodes, we had uh, Drew on um, from the Unfinished Business podcast who had his honeymoon in Glasgow and was just going on about how much he liked it and how much he enjoyed the people and how uh, you know friendly everybody was. And I do think that's what kind of makes us what we are and what makes the city what it is. Um, so I guess one of the things I want to talk about uh, is... What other things kind of make Glasgow famous? Um, for me, one of the first things that anybody, and in fact, you know, we were talking about it. We went to see the the baseball over the weekend and I met somebody. It turned out his parents were from Glasgow. He was an American guy, born and raised in America, but his parents were from Glasgow. And the first thing he said to me was, oh, is it Rangers or Celtic? Um, <laughs> because I think that's the first yeah. thing that anybody thinks about is the old firm when they think of Glasgow, when they think of people coming from Glasgow is the old firm and, and we have talked about doing an old firm episode we did a, an episode on football um, leading up to uh, the, the um, Euros recently and um, we will we will talk about the old firm but it's basically this ancient long-standing intercity rivalry between Rangers and Celtic that is so involved and passionate and violent and ongoing and all that sort of thing. Um, and I, I don't want to talk about it too much right now because we do want to kind of talk about that history of that at some point in the near future. But uh, that's definitely one of the, the things that make makes Glasgow famous. Um, what else do you guys think of when you think of like what is a famous kind of event in Glasgow's history, or, or what makes Glasgow famous? I think a lot about that statue with the traffic cone on his head. <laughs> yes, <laughs> which uh, hilariously is one of the more famous things from Glasgow. I would say. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, it's probably the most famous thing from Glasgow, isn't it? Uh, yeah, um, um, possibly it is. So yeah, I mean, describe it, Johnny. 
What is this? Well, basically, so in the city center, <laughs> just opposite the Gallery of Modern Art, there's a statue of the Duke of Wellington. Is that what you said? Yeah. Oh, on a horse. I think on so, horseback. Yeah. And, yeah. and it became famous over the years because often late night revelers would put a traffic cone on his head. They'd climb this massive statue that's on a big stone plinth. And it's pretty like big thing. I mean, it must be, I don't know, 20 feet up, something like that. Yeah. And um, it, it sort of became a weird tradition in the city where every day, you know, the council would go out there and remove the traffic cone. And I think eventually after however many weeks and years of it happening, they just gave up and now it's sort of a permanent fixture that he's always got a traffic on in his head yeah i wondered if it was just part of the art installation now and if somebody had super glued it on or something <laughs> yeah it's probably i've never seen anyone actually put it up it's probably just been stuck on there for yeah uh, for years I, health and safety it yeah it's now part of it it's it would be a travesty if you were to see that statue without the cone on its head and it's <laughs> bonkers it speaks a lot so to like the stubbornness glasgow and region. stupidity of glasgow humor as well yes. it's like we're not going to let that not happen now it's yes. like just like, yeah. kind of ridiculous yeah Irvin, what about you what famous incidents or just I mean, things that i think yeah yeah i mean i mean just to go back to my childhood I used to, as I think I mentioned in the Haggis episode, uh, <laughs> me running around the Kelvin Grove Art Gallery, which had an amazing dinosaur collection, um, and knocking my two front teeth out as a toddler. Um, there, the Transport Museum was fantastic. That I, I, I've always enjoyed the museums that Glasgow has. It's really they're really cosmopolitan, actually. Um, <laughs> and I guess, I guess just, I, I, I will, all, I always, the three big streets for me on, um, in Glasgow city center of Buchanan street, Sucky Hall street and Argyle street, always good shopping, yeah. uh, good restaurants. Uh, I've got very fond memories of going into princess square, uh, with my mom and my sister for some, some lunch in there. And they've got this big atrium that we used to run around, um, yeah. Uh, until I was about twenty-five, um, <laughs> and was, I was asked not asked not to do it anymore. Um, and yeah, I, I, the, the also the thing that always is, goes in my head uh, when you talked about everything being on fire earlier with the motto. Like, I re- do you remember that nightclub that burned down? <laughs> the arches? No, the uh, um, the, the, the shed, the shed or shack, yeah. or the shack, the shack. That was and it that. was like. And it was always a rumor of whether it was an insurance job or something like that. Yeah. And I just thought, and it was kind of the nightclub that the 16 year olds could go in um, yeah. and not really get uh, uh, ID'd. And then just one day it burned down. And it's like, you. every year we went back from university and went back from London at work, it, there was still nothing there. It was still just this <laughs> rubble that, like, they'd only just sort of put out the fire the day before. It's like, <laughs> what are you guys doing? You know, this is prime real estate here. Sort it out. <laughs> Uh, oh man, the shack. I mean, the clubs in Glasgow, you could do an entire episode on them. Um, I'd love to do a live episode from the garage at 2 a.m. <laughs> that would be horrifying. Yeah. Uh, you'd all also be double the age of everybody in there. Um, <laughs> yeah. What, with a microphone? Be like, excuse me, are you, uh, are you having. Get away from me, you pedo. Get away from me, you pedo. What's wrong with you? Uh, for me, one of the events that I think epitomizes Glasgow so much is the terrorist attack in on the Glasgow airport. Oh, uh, John Smeaton. 
Yes. Yeah. I do. I again, this is I think something that will be a one-off, like one one parter episode. But John Smeaton, the the guy that he his job at the airport was to collect the the luggage carts from around the airport and then bring it back. And then there was this terrorist attack, and it was a really bungled kind of shitty terrorist attack. But basically, John Smeaton ended up doing his bit to protect the innocent citizens of Glasgow by kicking one of the terrorists who was on fire in the balls and taking him down. And it was just like, yes, yes. Like nobody got, the only people that got hurt were the terrorists and one of the the trolley car attendants kicked one of them in the balls. And it was just so like, he, don't. he spun that. He spun that into a political career. Quite rightly, he was a hero. Like, don't just don't <laughs> mess with Glasgow. Like, what are you doing? It was brilliant. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. Isn't that what he said? Don't mess with Glasgow. We'll come at you. Yeah. We'll come about you. Just brilliant stuff. stuff. Yeah, extraordinary stuff. All right. Well, I think we'll take you out with a bit about. Where you would go when you're visiting Glasgow now, a bit about the nightlife and the music scene. So, Johnny, do you want to tell us a bit about, like, Glasgow is famous for its music. As Chris mentioned, there's a number of bands that have come from there. You you like to kind of, you know, pretend to play a bit of music every <laughs> so often. So you want to tell us a wee bit about uh, Glasgow and, and why it's famous for... Yeah. Why, I, why it has this, like, sort of weird con- like, uh, concentration of good bands and good music yeah i mean the answer to why is a mysterious question but i Mm. I think that a lot of the i wanted to talk about some venues in particular because i think they're kind of representative of the experience of listening to music in glasgow and the types of places people play and i think you know chris listed it off earlier about the amounts of bands that were formed or strongly associated with glasgow are just crazy in number like you go back through you know the 90s 80s 70s whatever you want and there's like an extraordinary list of of bands and it's interesting because i was thinking about like the places they played and there and there's kind of three i wanted to talk about specifically or maybe three or four uh, and one of them is is a place that we'll effectively know as sleazy's um which yeah. officially is titled nice and sleazy um which is so this kind of starts from like the small end to the, to the big places and i think at the small end this place has become known, particularly in the kind of local music scene of Glasgow, is like one of those places you have to play. And it's probably, I mean, I think it can hold up to like 200 people, maybe not even that. And so it's not an enormous place, but they have club nights and gig nights and all sorts. And it's got this sort of quite sticky, intimate, hot uh, bar yeah. and a venue downstairs. And it's on, I mean, we've talked about it before, on Socky Hill Street, right in the middle of the city, like... A lot of the kind of wild parts of the nightlife are happening there. And so it's sort of in the midst of that. Um, and I think it was often known because there was like this very long running open mic night there as well, which in one side can sound yeah. terrible. It's like, oh, it's all the local folk musicians playing their acoustic number. But it, it was sort of one of those places where you could basically stumble across someone fairly well known in the Glasgow music scene and see them just play a little, you know, mini set or a song of theirs. Yeah, Nice and Sleazy has always had the feel of, um, if you know the, the New York stand-up scene at all, but it's like the, the cellar here is mm. where people will kind of come and, yeah, you, 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 it's almost like you'll see, 
I can't think of Dave Chappelle go up and like do five minutes just kind yeah. of randomly one night. Um, it, it always had that sort of equivalent. Yeah, it definitely had that vibe about it. Like you never quite, like you may well just see a bunch of students playing their songs, but there was always that mm-hmm. chance that I actually you might see someone quite famous. And it's one of those places, I think, for me as well, like it sort of holds that special place because in a way it was, it's really close to the art school in the middle of town and, you know, yeah. often a night would end up there. They're very famous for the White Russians and it, it was always just kind of hot and sticky and intimate and rowdy and I think it's one of those places you've got to go and see a show there at some point and yeah. visit Glasgow. Um, they, they sort of like step up from that in a way, I think, and this is the one I think when people may well have started to hear of it really is a place called king tuts which again mm. i think its full name is king tuts wawa hut um yeah and it, it's the sort of famous story about king tuts is again it's in the city center like reasonably small i think it holds up to like 300 people i think so, it's underneath the law office yeah yeah it's like right yeah. in the middle yeah. of town like you almost wouldn't notice it walking past but it's become this kind of hallowed ground because <laughs> the famous story that they tell is like it was where Oasis were discovered back in the 90s. You know, they, um, or maybe even earlier, I guess, but they played there and a, someone sort of saw them and supposedly signed them on the spot. Whether that's mm. true or not, who knows, but Glasgow will hold on to a good story for as long as it possibly can. <laughs> King Tuss is in. Those boys Oasis game, absolutely magic. Yeah. King Tuss is an incredible venue. It's, it's one of those places, yeah, it's in a basement, basically. And the stage is four inches off the ground. Oh, it's, t- it's barely you get so close to bands there. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I and think I, the other interesting so- thing is like a lot of bands there are are like like they've had people like Blur played there, Radiohead played mm-hmm. there early on, The Killers <clears throat> played there, Biffy Clyro, Snow Patrol, Frightened Rabbit. Like I say, it was pretty established bands who who. I think there's a thing with King Tut's where you got to a point that you probably could play bigger places, but actually bands want to play there because it's sort of a bit more intimate and intimate. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's kind of become a bit of a go-to for either bands that are sort of big or getting big, but want to kind of keep that intimacy of like getting, you know, right in front of crowds. Um, And you, I mean, it's just an amazing venue that's been there for a long, long period of time. And you know, what a great place to go see music. Yeah, hundred percent agree. I love King Tut's. Yeah, yeah. the The other one, so like, kind of going up the scale of places. The other one that I think people, I mean, you'll know what I'm about to say, but like the Barrowlands or the Barras, mm-hmm. as it is often known, mm-hmm. is kind of an amazing venue. That it was originally a ballroom in the east end of the city. I, I think there was a fire in the like fifties or sixties, and it sort of got semi destroyed and then rebuilt as a as a venue. Um, and this is sort of getting into like big bands territory, you know, mm-hmm. like this is where some of the biggest bands go and play. It's kind of got this amazing neon sign outside in the street that's become really iconic of that part of the, the city in a way. I, I thought it was interesting. I hadn't realized this, that some of the the Bible John murders were apparently outside yeah. the Barrowlands, which uh, a yeah. little nod to you, Rory, and your interest in Bible John and crime. Um, we'll do it soon. Yeah, exactly. But th- this I'm is one. I think who the yeah. who the most embarrassing band is I've seen in the Barrowlands, and I think it might be Sum Forty One. Amazing. But I <laughs> did go great. to like I did go to a festival there that was like, you know, the Warp Tour is a big thing over here, mm. or used to be anyway. Um, 
of all the kind of punk and ska bands and it was kind of like a watered down version of that with like 13 bands i think the mighty mighty boss tones were maybe one of the uh yeah bands pretty sure the lost prophets were the headliners <laughs> which isn't great because their singer is now in jail for uh being a horrific pedophile really uh yeah yeah oh, he's uh, yeah horrible horrible um but um, I'm trying to think if there was other bands there that I saw. Uh, but there's a some 41 definitely wow. sticks out. It's like uh, I guess I you know. I saw Green Day. I saw Arcade Fire. I mean, like yeah, a fair number of bands. Yeah. Barrowlands is is a big venue. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think it holds like nearly 2,000 people. It's, yeah. I think it's often talked about as like the best sound. Like people sort of say it's got an yeah. amazing sound system where the bands like love it and hearing them properly is, is good and so it's sort of like it's interesting to me because like you can go up from there to things like there's the secc and the hydro mm. which kept getting called the pydro because it's shaped like a pie which i also thought was very <laughs> glaswegian um but there's sort of in a way there's something for everyone in the glasgow music scene and we've said it a lot like they're all basically in walking distance of each other you know you could walk yeah. from the barlands to king tuts and you know 20 minutes or whatever and i think there's something quite exciting about that where you do feel like you can sort of sense the scene there a bit if you go to the right places and you can stumble into like a coffee shop in the west end and see some music or go to like a kind of grown-up venue like the barrowlands or you know the seccc and see big bands that will come in town um and again you said it earlier rory like there was something growing up in Glasgow you kind of took it for granted, but it would definitely be a place on the tour for bands that were coming around the UK. Like you would kind of know yeah. the biggest bands would come there. And that was always super exciting. And I think there's always been that history of because of the music that's come out of places like people that have met at the art school or been part of the kind of club scene in Glasgow. There's just always been that DNA to the city where it seems rooted in music and art and and, and culture i know we keep joking about culture yeah. but i think that for me is what was always apparent there and i always loved that about the city we grew up in because you feel quite proud of that side of its kind of history and heritage yeah i mean i think it's if you compare it to to america there's certain cities where you go if you want to do something if you want to kind of get into tech you go to san francisco if you want to become an actor you go to la if you want to go into finance you go to new york and i do think it's like if you want to get into music in 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 britain or or scotland you go to glasgow and uh i think that's i think that's great um yeah there's some brilliant bands have gone through some brilliant venues and is the secc now is that still around or is it now the clyde auditorium so i think the secc effectively is now that group of venues where it's like okay the armadillo the the exhibition center the hydro i think they're i think they're all part of the same basically like campus Mm. effectively around that bit of the river yeah the hydro i i've not been to the hydro because i think it got built since i moved here actually Mm. but i think the hydro is kind of seen as the top concert venue there now for like the stadium bands you know right oh yeah and foo fighters and things like that um, yeah, it holds like the SEC, fourteen thousand people. I don't know I anymore. While we're there in this area, we have what we call John just mentioned the Armadillo, which is this sort of Sydney Opera House, you know, sort of pistic um, <laughs> that looks like an armadillo, and it's I, it, I saw Billy Connolly there. I think 
Mm. Um, but it's just this massive venue as well, where which does everything from probably theater and opera to stand-up comedy to music, just kind of, yeah, anything. Okay. But yes, it looks like an armadillo. <laughs> um, so silly. So very, silly. very silly. So, yeah, I mean, I think... The last couple of things I want to talk about is just, or I want to talk about is just like, what, what what are the things that you would do? What are the things that you would recommend for people to visit if they were to go there? What should they do? What should they see? What are the tourist sites? Yeah, it's funny. I get asked, so I get asked this a lot and like, I was thinking about it because I often think it boils down to you, you go see a few sites and then you go get a drink in a good pub. And so, yeah. I pulled a few things out in that vein that maybe I can talk to you about. And I think the first one is probably really obvious, but I think it's worth a mention, and Chris has talked about it already, but Kelvin Grove Art Gallery, I think of all the museums, yeah. I, I do think Glasgow's got a good selection of museums and galleries, and you know the, we've talked about it a lot, like the history of that is strong in the city. But I think Kelvin Grove is, you know, we've mentioned it a lot on this podcast, it's an amazing big museum in the West End, sits on the banks of the river kelvin it's got a beautiful park next to it which is also worth the mm-hmm. you know walk around um amazing like kind of enormous hall and like multiple galleries within inside it apparently they've got like eight thousand objects and so it's this w- weird mix of sort of like natural history and they've got like arms and armor and yeah. art and objects and like taxidermy and there's dinosaurs and there's a you know an elephant there's a haggis you can go see if you want to um (laughs) it's sort of this amazing mishmash of stuff but i think it's a brilliant visit and very worthwhile for sort of all ages and even the building itself you know it's super impressive like i think sort of sandstone but looks very grand it's got these kind of crazy Mm -hmm. towers and this huge big great hall in the middle of it and i think of all the places to go for a sort of like cultural visit to me i think that's an, an easy go-to for when people visit. if anybody ever tells you that they built kelvin grove the wrong way around they're lying to you it's a famous misconception or urban legend it was basically because it and i guess if you compare it to the likes of like new york where all the museums kind of back into the park to central park kelvin grove faces into the kelvin grove park and for whatever reason there's this running joke about how it was built the wrong way around the doors on the wrong side but it was always meant to be built facing into the park right so it's some ouija taking the piss out of you brilliant ouija by the we've we've this is we're like almost finished the second episode and we haven't just explained that Glaswegians <laughs> are Ouija's. So Ouija's, yeah. 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 Anyway. Um, so needs to come to the glossary. Yeah. <laughs> it, it does also have an amazing Salvador Dali painting that's the the one of Christ on the St. John cross or yeah. whatever. That's like really impressive thing that I think is their most famous bit of work there. But worth a trip, I would say. The other one for me, I think, is kind of interesting. And I guess it's sort of like personally interesting is... You know, normally I would say go and see the art school, but, you know, it burnt to the ground, so you can't really recommend that so much anymore. But, like, the Glasgow University, I think, is one of those buildings where (laughs) people are amazed by it because it's a bit like a kind of Harry Potter-looking building plonked in in Glasgow. And I think it's such a beautiful bit of architecture. And there's there's one sort of specific bit, I think, Rory, you talked about, like, the credentials of Glasgow Uni being one of the sort of four ancient ones and, you know, the fourth oldest in the 
English speaking world, all that kind of stuff. But there's a bit for me that's the do you always know the cloisters part, that bit where they do the graduations yeah. and the sort of it's just got this amazing part of the campus that's called like the Gilmore Gilmore Hill part of it. Um and it just looks so kind of medieval and there's effectively this kind of courtyard bit that connects to buildings and the sort of quadrangles and it's just these sort of vaulted arches made of stone um and you kind of like come through these ancient old wooden doors that weigh an absolute ton into this weird building in the west end of the city and are met by this just crazy scene where it's all these incredible bits of architecture you know the the sun streaming through it's sort of special for me in a way because you do it when you graduate even from the art school you go and get your degree and your little photo with your hat over there um and so <laughs> it's kind of nice to walk those steps that all the famous people have been and one of my favorite things i read was i was trying to find you know famous people that have studied or, or been part or taught at glasgow university and there's loads of people like james watt and john logie baird but Gerard Butler also is one of those names. So if you want to yeah, follow his footsteps, yeah. um, Glasgow University, I think, is worth a visit. GB. Um, I'll, I'll fly through these last ones. So the third one is more, I actually haven't seen a lot of these, but it was just very interesting to me that there's now this mural trail through Glasgow. I don't know if you guys have been to any of it or heard about it. Um, I think you alluded to this during the Billy Conley episode, didn't you? Yeah, I sort of put it in here because yeah. I was like, I've not necessarily seen them all, but I think if I go back again soon, I'd quite like to go and visit a few more of them. But basically, they describe it as a project where the street murals are helping to rejuvenate streets, revitalize buildings uh, and vacant sites that look a bit tired, reincarnating them as beautiful pieces of public street art. And so it started in... Mm-hmm. 2008 and then it sort of expanded ever since and now there's like 27 of these dotted around the the city center where you can you know basically have a walking tour of glasgow and see these incredible um bits of art on the side of enormous buildings and so i think that's a pretty cool thing it's got stuff like there's one of a kind of modern day saint mungo who we referenced in the, the previous spot about the origins of the city uh is he pretending to bring a bird back to he, well he's, he's literally it's like a did it's a kind of modern day depiction of st mungo so it's like a guy in a beanie holding like a little bird on his on his hand so i swear it was dead when i got here <laughs> yeah. I swear it, was dead. it was dead when i got here yeah <laughs> and, and then there's others like there are there's a couple of billy Connolly. there's one at the the clutha pub where there was famously a helicopter crashed on top of the pub and there's one of yeah. like an enormous crocodile and and actually i just think it's a really interesting thing that because of that famous uh, glaswegian crocodile yeah that famous glaswegian crocodile in the, in the clyde that's why the shipbuilding stopped too many crocodiles <laughs> um and it's just this sort of huge expansive bit of artwork across the city and i like that i like in a way that the city invests in things like that and lets them happen because yeah. it's kind of cool very cultured very cultured for us for us Ouija's. and so i thought they were kind of three and int- i mean there's loads of honorary mentions and i think we've touched on a lot of them things like the Transport Museum, uh, the Gallery of Modern Art. I mean, you boys must have some good places to visit, surely. You talked about the the necropolis that are on our Halloween episode last year, which is meant to be amazing. Irvin, what would you recommend to people? Yeah, if you... uh, George Square is obviously one of the kind of main areas. uh, It's worth a look, um, especially at Christmas time. But if you kind of keep walking along George Square and uh, go on North Hanover Street, if you go into Glasgow Queen Street train station and you get on a train and you go to Edinburgh... <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> you're such an arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's brilliant. 
It's so wrong. No, don't listen to him. Don't go to Edinburgh. Don't listen to him. There's an ama- there's amazing places. There is, like we said, the Armadillo. There's there's an Acropolis. There's Rook and Glen Park. I mean, if you want to see Highland Coos in the center <laughs> of a, a city, Rook and Glen's amazing. Yes, uh, yes. Pollock Park is even very good with Pollock House and like the 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 collection there. There's a Burrow collection, which is this incredible museum. I think it's all a private collection that when um, he died, he bequeathed it to the city itself. There's the Barras, not necessarily the Barra Lands, but the Barras, which is a marketplace where you can get anything you want, um, pretty much anything, even the weird, dirty stuff as well. Uh, <laughs> Shout you know, out to Ashton Lane. I mean, Ashton Lane's a great, if you want yeah. uh, nightlife, uh, yes. going a pub crawl. I mean, that's one of the best uh, little streets in Glasgow, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, the yeah. west end of Glasgow is beautiful, um, especially for a night out. Uh, we we have um, St. Valentine's bones. We have his relics. That's right. So if you Do want, we? yeah, if, if you want like a romantic night out, you go and see <laughs> a dead person's bones with your 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 boo. That's a great flex. I want to add one other one other place that's not sure. necessarily a tourist attraction, but I do think in the spirit of, you know, you've spent a day traipsing around the city, seeing all the culture things, like you go to the pub at the end of that. And there's, I mean, we could talk about pubs all day, but there's one I wanted to call out, which is a pub called the Ben Nevis, which mm. when, I, when I lived in Glasgow last, really, this part of town called Finiston was not very nice, really. Like it was, it basically had a lot of students living there because it was cheap housing. And there was sort of one... Uh, off-licensed liquor store that was known as the cage because you basically walked in and the whole thing was caged up because there was like a lot of crime (laughs) around there and you had to sort of buy things through this tiny little hatch but now it's become basically the trendiest part of the west end effectively and it's it's totally hilariously transformed and become very gentrified but there's this one long-standing pub called the ben nevis that you know if you want the sort of authentic go and buy some interesting whiskey in scotland it's this tiny little effectively old man's pub that's been there mm-hmm. for I don't know how long uh, and you walk in there's t- hardly any space and you're just met by this enormous wall of whiskey and people that have clearly been drinking there for the last hundred years um, and it for me it, it was it was really it held a lot of like special place in my heart because it was very associated with like uh, studying and, and being art school at the time uh, but it's one of those places where you can often get like the one last drink of the night and you might stumble in there on the perfect night where there's like a little band in the corner playing fiddles and guitars and things and and so of all the pubs that i want to talk about i just thought i'd throw that in there as one other like you know off the beaten track place to visit in a way that's not a museum or a gallery um yeah johnny I would. I, I mean, if we're talking about pubs, the two touristy places I'll say, and it, not necessarily touristy, but if you're wanting something a bit weird, there's the Arlington. Uh, I think it's just called the Arlington Bar, which claims to have the real Stone of Destiny, <laughs> uh, which is the, the stone that every Scottish royal royalty was crowned on. But basically, and we'll probably eventually do an episode on the Stone of Destiny as well, but in the 1950s, some students stole the Stone of Destiny. And the claim is that the stone that they returned was a replica and the real one is hidden underneath, uh, you know, the the Arlington Bar. And that's what they still claim to the uh, to this day. And then there's a Sari's Heed, uh, actually the Saracen's Head, which is... Um, 
I mean, it's a very local, I think it's a Celtic bar, but it also claims to have the one of Scotland's last witches' skulls behind the, the bar as well. So I don't know if I necessarily recommend you going to the Saracid because it's it's it can be dodgy on certain nights, but if you want to see a witch's skull, that's where you can go for it. Um, okay, all right. Yeah, I think... You know, other than that, just kind of go get on the Clockwork Orange, which is our our <laughs> our subway system <laughs> or underground. It's like no, system system's a strong word for that. Yeah, it's like the third oldest subway in the world, but uh, it's literally a circle, and it's not particularly good. But uh, <laughs> if you want a drinking game, get off and go to the nearest pub at every stop. That's what people do. Uh, affectionately called the Clockwork Orange. Um, public transport in general is pretty good. The taxi drivers are are great. They will be racist, but you won't understand what they're saying, so that's probably fine. Um, go to the Ubiquitous Chip, which is just mm. an incredible pub in the West End. Very fancy, good food. Craig Ferguson's old stomping ground. He was an old barman there. Yes. Uh, you know, and if you're going to stay there, stay in sort of like the Merchant's, city in the center of town or stay in the west end those are the kind of nicer parts of town the kind of fancy uh, parts of it so i think you'll you'll enjoy it yeah i mean that's that's like the kind of closing question what's the what's the thing you guys kind of miss most about glasgow i don't know i don't know if i can put it into one i was laughing because chris and i were talking earlier about the feeling you get when you you know you land and you start to see those sights and and all the usual stuff i probably quite differently to chris there's a moment i always have where so where my parents live is now is kind of quite far out the city and i often get the bus back into town and there's a moment where you i used to think it even from london you know the train would come up north and it would suddenly hit that bit where you come over the clyde and you see the things you recognize and there's just something about it that's clearly mm-hmm baked into me that i don't know what it is it's romanticism it's you know having grown up there and had lots of good times there and i just there's a lot of that i miss and i don't imagine if i ever move back there it's going to be that same thing it's like a new experience then but there's there's something special about it and as much as chris is going to say the opposite i'm going to just back myself here and say (laughs) i don't know i I think there is a special thing in that city and and i i feel really proud because i think it travels very well you know it's often quite fun to talk about it when you live abroad because I think people see Scotland generally and Glasgow in a pretty good light, and so it's nice to be able to represent somewhere you come from in a in a reasonably proud way. Yeah, Irv. Uh, can I just say my family? <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. You're so negative. I'm sorry, guys. I, it's not. It's not negative on my part. It's. It's just I don't. Uh, Usually, I, usually we can just, sell you on this stuff. I can like convince you to. No, there's bits that there there bits like I do like the music. I like I like the venues. I miss the pubs. I miss the people. Uh, I miss some of the restaurants, but it's not like London for me. Like I lived in London for several years. I know Johnny, you did as well. But mm. like I've got way more that I miss about London. Right. Uh, the other thing it, I think is quite funny about Glasgow is. Someone someone alluded to earlier, like my, you know, we've often said it like Rory and my mums are from Dundee, my dad's from Kilmarnock, 
Like they're not. They. I don't think they necessarily would say they feel super Glaswegian, but I quite like that no. it's sort of my city. You know, I'm yeah. like, well, I I grew up there, and it's there's a lot of founding moments there for me, and so I think it's quite interesting the places like you really feel you're from, or what, like what influences that, and that's a whole another discussion. But it's kind of mine, and I I like that about it. Rory, what about you? I there's a Billy Connolly. Bit that he does where he talks about a lot of what you're just saying, Johnny, about the, getting the train into Glasgow Central and coming off the train and just feeling Glasgow kind of come up through your souls and just being like, fucking yes, I'm home, I'm <laughs> back. And I do miss that sort of. See, I just feel dread when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I love, I love coming into Glasgow via Glasgow Central. Glasgow Central where, you know, it was a Glasgow Central hotel, which still stands there where the first ever television images were ever shown. Like, John Logie Baird had invented the television and it was shown literally in the hotel that's attached to Glasgow Central right now. So it's like a hugely important place in in the world history. But, um, yeah, I just... I I don't know what it is. Like I, I I do criticize it so much, and I worry when I I tell other people to go to Glasgow because I think, oh my god, they're they're going to get like beaten up, or they're going to go into a pub and they're going to say the wrong thing, and somebody's just going to get in their face. But I'm I'm so wrong about that. It just seems like everybody who goes there has an incredible time. Everybody's very very friendly, and I'm so proud of that. And I do think it's just because when you you kind of love something so much, you kind of see the flaws emphasize more. And I do think that's the case with Glasgow. And and for me, I just miss the kind of unintangibles about it. It's like what makes New York, New York. Uh, it's the same thing about Glasgow. I think it's very, very similar. Um, there's just a weirdness to it that I, I love. But anyway, that is our, our two-parter. <laughs> Yeah, or the love letter. Well, two parts love letter, one part. Uh, I'm just keeping you honest, guys. Keeping you guys on the on your feet on the floor. It's like you sound like bloody uh, the Beatles or something like that. Just <laughs> doesn't that doesn't mean they weren't from Glasgow. Are you on the wrong Wikipedia page again? Just too romantic. Far too romantic about the, all this stuff. Yeah, that's what happens yeah. in our old age. We get romantic get yourself- and nostalgic. Get yourself a bit of cynicism about you, all right? Or else life's going to slap you in the face. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, Raiders, this'll do, lads. This'll do nicely. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you like the show, please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and write a quick review on whichever podcasting app you're using. It really does help us out. We'd love to hear from you either via our email, thistledonicelypod at gmail.com or via facebook.com slash thistledopod or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at thistledopod. You can also visit our website, thistledonicelypod.com. All original music in this podcast is written and performed by our very own Johnny Naismith. Please like and subscribe to his YouTube channel and follow him on Instagram at J-A-W underscore K-N-E-E underscore. 
Love, hugs, and kisses from the Thistle Do Nicely pod. All right, mate, how's it going? You all right? All right, you wallopper. Yeah, absolute wallopper. That's brilliant, mate. You guys have got a podcast. It's absolutely brilliant. I love this podcast. It's my favourite one. fucking magically. So that you just talk into a microphone. Yeah, you microphone. You just talk right <laughs> in it. Brilliant. That's fucking mental.